Good morning. Hey, for those that don't know who I am, my name is Lee Willis. I am the student pastor here. Uh, get the privilege to work with our sixth graders all the way through our 12th graders uh, throughout the week. So, hey, I'm just going to name where I'm really at this morning. I am tired and I'm distracted. Uh, reason being distracted is some stuff uh, happened this morning in the last 24 hours at home and whatnot. I'm also tired because I stayed up late last night watching the Braves win to go to the World Series. Yeah! Rod's got his stuff ready. Yeah, man. My dad would be proud. Um, but yeah, so I just want to pray for us and over us and those at home too, because uh, I know on any given Sunday we can come and be distracted uh, from whatever God's going to do with us and for us. And so I just want to pray for all of us in that this morning, okay? God, we first want to just thank you for who you are. And God, that you are here with us, ready to teach us and help us learn. But God, we know that we're coming in with different emotions, different feelings, from tired, distracted, uh, maybe someone's sad, maybe some are happy. So God, I know it's easy to come in here and not be fully present, or even be fully present at home, in our houses. So God, I pray you'll help us be fully present, and I pray for protection against the evil one, because he does not want us to be present and he does not want us to hear he does not want us to grow so god would you help all of us have the energy and the focus to hear what you want us to hear today in your name amen hey is there ever been a time where you were going to do something you felt was so big it could either be for god or it could be just something in life is there ever been a time you were building yourself up to do something in life so big that you were just like, man, this is going to be awesome, powerful, however you'd word it? I want you to think about that time. And then if you've thought of that time, I want you to think, did something stop you from doing that? So for me, this isn't the main story I'm going to share with you. I don't like roller coasters. So I don't have to build up any emotion or readiness for roller coasters because I know I'm not getting on that roller coaster. It's just that simple. I'll sit there and watch other people enjoy roller coasters or at least think they're enjoying the roller coaster, uh, but not me. But all of us in life have had moments, if we were honest and named them, that We'd have these moments that built up either for God, with God, or just in life that we thought were big moments or going to be big moments. And for some of us, we walked into them. And for some of us, we failed in them. Or things didn't go the way we hoped, or we didn't do it because for whatever reason, somebody talked us out of it, we talked ourselves out of it, or our life happened, circumstances happened to stop us from doing whatever that was. So my big moment was a year ago. Uh, I've had a lot of moments, but my biggest recent one was a year ago. A year ago, my family said yes to coming to SCC uh, and taking this role as student pastor. Thank you for the woo-hoo. <laughs> 
But the reason that's a big moment for me, and as you heard our text today, we're going to talk more in depth about that here in a little bit. I relate heavily with Peter. His whole life, he's got these up and down moments. One moment, he is totally, yay God, all big on God. Yeah, let's do this God. Yeah, yeah. And the next moment, he's like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, get away from me, Satan. And another moment, he's like, no, you're not going to do this. And he cuts some dude ear off, right? Like, he has all these heroic moments, powerful moments. And then the next moment, he's denying Christ three times before he goes to the cross. And so my life kind of has that roller coaster, too, where I have these really powerful I believe God moments, powerful moments, yes, let's do this God moments, I believe in you moments. And then, like, the next day or maybe even the next minute, it's like, well, maybe not. And so a year ago, I had the privilege of meeting the search team that uh, ended up bringing me here. And I got to come on a Friday. And on that Friday, I was driving here, praying to God, talking a lot to God about, is this what you want for my family? Um, and for those that don't know, I'm married, so i got a ring. And uh, have two boys. Uh, I just say that because she's probably watching, so I want to make sure I acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so I got two boys, and so I'm praying, God, what do you want for my family? Because coming and moving somewhere isn't just about me anymore. See, my first church, I grew up in. And so when I came back and they asked me to be on staff, well, that was kind of easy. I was single, so I didn't have to think about anybody else, and, and I already knew the church really well. The next church I went to, I was still single, so that was kind of easy in that sense. I didn't have to think of anybody else, and God made it super clear uh, in a certain way, that that was the church I was supposed to be at. I just had to now wait for them to ask me to come, and they did. And so on my way here, I was about 30 minutes out west of Indy, and I was talking to God, I'm like, God, what do you want us to do? If you want us to come here, we'll be faithful and we'll come. And so God was like, well, ask me about giving your wife a job. And I was like, okay, that's easy. I'll ask God, would you provide my wife a job? Because obviously... We need her to have a job. And he goes, ask me to offer it today. And I was like, oh, really? I'll ask for the job, but today? And he's like, yeah, ask me today. I says, all right, Lord, I believe you. I'm going to ask for that today. If you really want us to come, would you provide this job for my wife today? And two hours later... She, gets a, she calls me and says, you won't believe what happened. And I'm like, oh, really? What happened? And she goes, well, that job I was looking for, they offered me a job. Amen. And I was like, okay then. But here's the interesting thing. If you heard our text, right? Here comes Peter. Jesus, tell me to come, and I'll come. And, and Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat. And we'll talk about the weather here in a little bit too. He gets out of the boat. But then, here comes my Saturday. I come meet all these wonderful people all day Saturday, answer a lot of questions, tell my story. I don't know how many times. And by Saturday night, I was tired, and all of a sudden, I started playing the mind game, which a lot of us do, right? When we get up to big moments, it's all of a sudden like, wow, these are all the reasons I shouldn't. Or what about this? Or what about that, right? And all of a sudden, our mind starts playing a lot of games. And mine did. Why? Because my circumstance changed. Not moving here, but now I don't just have to think about myself anymore. I have to think about my wife and my two boys. 
Is this where I want to bring them? Is this where I want them to grow up? Is this where we want to be a family? Is this what we really want to be a part of? Are we going to do this? Not thinking about the day before the prayer and the obvious answer, right? Now I'm in my head going, oh my gosh, and I'm sinking, not literally in water, because that'd be weird, but I was sinking in my head. And I literally said that night before I went to bed, I said, God, would you help me with this? Because I'm struggling. And there was nothing wrong, so please don't hear that. And the next morning, Sunday morning, I woke up from a dream that was so vivid and obvious that I was like, all right, I get it, I'm coming. And he said, you know what, I'll even prove it to you. You're supposed to come tonight before you leave. You won't even leave without them giving you an offer. And I'm like, okay. And so I came and met a lot of other students and adults and got to sit here and worship with you guys. For those that were here that day, I got to hear Mike and Jess co-teach that day. Went to high school, hung out with them, played a game called Nukem, didn't do real well. And that night, before I left, Brandon said, hey, can we talk and just chat? And I said, okay. So we went to his office, and he said, hey, man, how are you doing? How are things going? How are you thinking? And we talked about that, and he said, well, hey, we have decided we can't let you leave without giving you an offer. And I was like, Okay. And so then my Sunday was the next phase of Peter's story where Jesus reaches in the water and goes, I'm not going to let you drown in your own thoughts. Come back here. This is what I want for you. And it's actually really interesting because I've been processing a lot of this this week. My son, my youngest, is about to turn four in a few weeks, and I always do a photo book for each of the boys that represents the whole year. Of, of what happened and if you I'm not trying to promote my own Facebook page that's not what I'm saying but on Facebook I, I put a sappy post I usually don't do that because I don't like doing that and uh, but I thought man we have gone through a lot this last year as a family and thinking about that I teared up so I had to, I had to kick my family out of the room so I could like just unleash the tears why because it's not bad but it has been hard it has been challenging, but at the same time, it's been beautiful. And at the same time, there's so much potential and all these other things. But I was thinking about what was going on this last year through a three-year-old's eyes and my five-year-old at the time's eyes. And last night, two of his buddies that he got to know in kindergarten back in Illinois, they were, thanks to technology, on FaceTime, talking to each other, talking about school and catching up on sports and all that stuff. And, but yet, here's the beauty of it. When we get out of the boat, whatever that is for you, it might be different. It might not even be moving or whatever. There's always beauty on the other side because God has a lot for us already and he wants you to trust him he wants you to grow he doesn't want you to stay where you're at and unfortunately that's where a lot of disciples stay so let's say this area over here is our boat think about this for a moment Eleven disciples stayed in the boat. You want to know some truths about the boat? 
boats can sink, right? Like all it takes is one little mishap and that boat's going down. And now you take in the weather, the waves are buffeting against it, meaning they're hitting it. They're coming up. It's not some small little windstorm. It's not a beautiful flat water. It's literally waves are hitting it, smashing it, can break it. They, for whatever reason, those 11, think this is more safe and comfortable to be in this boat than over here with Jesus who's standing on the water. And for a lot of us, if we're honest, we're holding the boat, we're sitting in the boat, we're kissing the boat, we're whatever with the boat. Because why? Because it's known. They're fishermen, it's known. It's comfortable, I think. It's security they see what's happening outside the boat and yet one of the disciples has the faith and courage to get out so let's look at this so he sends them off the boat's already a considerable distance and it's being buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it this wasn't a beautiful, easy little journey. This wasn't a shallow little lake to be on. This wasn't an easy little endeavor. This was a ridiculously hard moment. And here's Peter going, hey, Jesus, if you're out there, let me come with you. Yeah? But I don't want to go there quite yet. Here's what we got to see first. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake... This is early in the morning now, giving context. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now think about that. Buffeting waves, long night, you're tired. You don't th see things clearly when we're tired, right? I mean, if we're all honest about when we're tired, not everything's really in the right perspective a lot of times. Especially when you're hungry on top of tired, then that just adds a whole nother level of like, oh. But here comes this human walking on water, which isn't normal. And they're like, that has to be a ghost. Nothing else can explain what's happening right now. And so they get afraid, and then Jesus says some famous phrases. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. You realize how many times that phrase, don't be afraid, is in the Bible? 365 times. How many days are in a year? 365 days. Why? I don't think it's coincidence. Because he knows we're going to get scared. He knows the trust issue is going to come. He knows we're going to cling to this boat and kiss it and try to stay in it instead of get out and come with him, right? And he knows that things are going to scare us. It's either going to be what people say. It's going to be what people do. It's going to be our own minds. There's all these scenarios that come out and come into play. Why all of a sudden we have fear? Verse 
And if he has to tell you every day, don't be afraid, he'll do it. He's done it. Don't be afraid. Just come to me. Don't be afraid. Just follow me. That's hard. We all know that. But here comes our main part of our story. So Peter sees him. And he said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come on the water. Think about this. Go back to the context. We have this buffeting waves happen. It's not this crystal clear, beautiful, flat water to walk on. Now think about it on top of it now that I just said that. Water to walk on, right? And Jesus said, come. And he gets out. I find it fascinating how for whatever reason there's moments in life that we have that faith where it's like it's not even a question it's not even a thought God whatever you ask whatever you want I'll do it it's done boom and then there's other moments where he calls us to come and all of a sudden we're like wait a minute what what did you ask why did you ask that wait do you know what he'll say or she'll say you know what my family will say like do you know what's happening in my own mind like all those things right This is one of those moments for Peter where it doesn't seem to be a thought. It's just like, you're there. I want to be there. I want to be with you. Call me out to you. Let's do this. He does. He gets out. And and, and you see this faith that all of a sudden it's like, there you are, brother. Here I'm coming. But unfortunately, like the majority of humanity, the story doesn't stop there. Then Peter got down on the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. I want to do something here. I want to show you a picture here of a timeline of Peter's life. And this is important. And not a lot of people teach on this part. And this is important for, the, for us to understand the story. If you look on there, there's a timeline from the beginning he meets Jesus all the way to the end. And there's the second one that's a little different colored on there for you. That's where we're at today. The reason this is important is sometimes we have to stop and name where we're really at in our journey. See, when Peter did this, he was starting out his journey, his relationship with Christ. It wasn't far along he hadn't been doing this forever it was a new beginning and all of a sudden here comes this big moment he has that faith he gets out but yet he fails right and a coach of mine excuse me actually told me once he goes lee it's not your failure that defines you it's how you respond to that failure that defines you and so here he is and the reason i want to show you that today is i want you to learn, if you haven't already, how to give yourself grace. Mostly because God gives you grace. But the truth is, we also have to learn how to give ourselves grace because the reality is we're human. The reality is we are going to fail at times. And the reality is how we respond is what matters more than the fact that we failed. And Jesus doesn't look at him and goes, you failed. He just asks him, why did you doubt? 
But we also have to name reality that he's at the beginning of his journey. And I'll tell you, if you're like me at all, I wanted to be like all the older men at my first church growing up. Like, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to have the same Bible knowledge as my pastor. I wanted to have, like, the same maturity as my pastor at that point. You know, like, all that stuff. And he's like, well, that'll be good. You'll get there. And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, I'm, like, older than you. I have a lot more life experience than you. There's a reason I'm at where I'm at today and you're at where you're at today. And and so there's going to be a difference. So I went to my next church, and I uh, sat with my lead pastor, and I was like, man, I really want to be as knowledgeable as you, handle things like you, mature as you. And he's like, dude, I'm 20 years older than you. And I'm like, so what? And he's like, I'm further along in my journey. I've done this a lot longer than you. I've had more experiences than you. I'm where I'm at today because of what I've gone through. You'll get there. And for whatever reason, I don't know if he needs to hear it today, but my hope, if nothing else today, is you'll hear it's okay to be where you're at. Just name it and then go, what's my next step from there? And give yourself some grace when you sink in your mind or in the bathtub. Because there's moments we're all going to have those that we fall or fail. And I find it interesting in the text too though, when we get there and it says he saw the wind. Because let's be honest, we can't really see wind, can we? We can see the effects of the wind, but we can't really see the wind itself. And here's, here's what I would like to argue. I believe it was more about his circumstances than it was as much about the wind. See, what happens is he says, call me to come, and Jesus says, come, and he gets out of the boat, and he starts coming. There's faith there. But what happens is, is instead of staying focused on Jesus, instead of trusting fully in Jesus, instead of believing fully in Jesus, all of a sudden he has this moment of, whoa, wait a minute, there's waves. Whoa, wait a minute, there's this crazy wind. Like, what's going on? My circumstance Now it's got my focus, and all of a sudden we see the result, the same that we all face every time. We see our circumstance, we get afraid, we begin to sink, and we cry out, God help me. And all our circumstances are different. Could be people, could be life, could be something that just hit us out of nowhere. Could be a lot of things that are our circumstances. And the hard thing is, is to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and not on those things. And I know it's not easy because I have to battle through that myself. Yet he's calling us to more. He's calling us to grow. He's calling us to trust beyond those circumstances. The waves are not too big for Jesus. The wind is not too powerful for Jesus. He is it. He is standing on water. We just have to believe and trust that when we take the step of faith to get out of the boat.
here's the other beauty I want you to see today. He sees the wind. He sees the circumstance. He cries out. He begins to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And then the text goes here. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And here's what's interesting to me. A lot of times when I've heard this taught, people skip over the first half of that verse. They jump right to the you of little faith. And unfortunately, some people add no faith, and that's not true at all. But here's what I don't want you to miss. Immediately, Jesus reached out. See, here's a lie that we struggle with. He's not there. He's too far away. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to help me. He's going to let me drown. He's going to let me live in my sin. He's going to let me do this. He's going to not be there. He's going to leave me. Ever hear those in your head? Because that's what Satan wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that Jesus isn't there. And the truth is, folks, circumstances don't change Jesus' presence. Jesus is always there. Anybody excited about that? Jesus is always there. No matter what your circumstance is, all we have to do is call out. And immediately, whatever that moment is, whatever that circumstance is, he reaches out. And sometimes it's not just reaching out. Sometimes we need a hug. Sometimes we need to hear well done. Sometimes hear it's okay. Sometimes we need to hear don't feel guilt or shame about this. You know, we need to hear all these truths that are in the Bible. That's why it's so important to be in the Bible because we hear these truths in the Bible. But here's the biggest truth. He is not leaving you alone ever. ever he loves you and cares for you too much to leave you alone and even if you feel alone or are gone he is there i tell my boys all the time the one being you can count on to always be there is jesus because unfortunately mommy and daddy will not always be around someday but you know who will Jesus. And I want nothing more than my sons to believe that and live that. So if there is a day the Lord takes me home, they are prepared and ready to be in that relationship and follow him because he is more important than me, even though I love that they look at me as a hero right now. I'll take it for now till they get older. And then you know what I'm talking about. Anybody that's had any kids in your life, right? You're this superhero dad or parent or whatever, grandma, grandpa. And then they hit whatever age that weird thing is. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're gone. <laughs> so I'm just holding on for right now. But I still have to point them to Jesus because that's kind of my thing, right? And uh, But it's the truth for all of you. No matter what happens in your life, it doesn't feel like it all the time. It doesn't seem like it all the time. But the true, real truth is, he is always there. But are you willing to call for him?
Are you willing to ask for the help? Are you willing to look to him? And when he says it, he does say, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? He didn't go, you failed. He goes, I'm done with you. He just asked him a simple question. Why did you doubt me in this moment? You were there. You were there. You got out of the boat. Eleven others stayed in the boat. You got out of the boat. Why did you doubt? Like you were there. You were focused. But we know the truth why he doubted. Because he let circumstances, life, get his attention versus Jesus getting his attention. So he didn't have no faith. He just didn't have the full amount of faith it took to get there. And so he doubted. Here's what I want to point out to you this morning. So we have Jesus, right? Standing here going, come to me. If you guys can congratulate our camera guy later today, because I told him I was going to move a lot, and poor people online are probably getting seasick, but it's just going to happen. Um, because we're on the water, right? Um, here's the boat of the 11, right? But here's the other part that's not technically in our story, unless you go ahead in chapter 14. Ahead in chapter 14, there were 5,000 people that were fed by Jesus. So there's these people that are sitting here being fed see a miraculous sign, are under Jesus' teaching, but they stayed there. They didn't get on the boat to follow Jesus, and they obviously didn't get out of the boat to follow Jesus either. They were still here on land. Where are you today when it comes to Jesus? Are you on the land? Do you even have a relationship with Jesus? Are you on the land that wants to be fed and come to church and all that thing, but that's it? Or are you over here? Are you one of the 11 that you, you have a relationship with Jesus and want to follow Jesus, but yet you're, you're finding struggle to get out of the boat to, to fully completely follow him or, or do what he's asking you to do whatever that is because there's fear of will he provide will he take care of me or whatever other reason we're, we're struggling with to get out of the boat are you here in this boat or are you Peter or have you been Peter where you get out of the boat and you're like I have that faith I believe but man there are moments I struggle and there's moments I sink but you know what I keep trying to get out of that boat I keep trying to be faithful I keep trying to learn more I keep trying to trust more I keep trying to grow in this process because naming where we're really at will help us know where we're really at. And it's okay to name where you're really at right now because God meets you where you're really at. And when you can name where you're really at, either on the land or in the boat or over here in the water, <laughs> sinking, that's where he's going to meet you at. But that'll also help you know where you're at in your journey. 
And then you can say, okay, God, this is what you've got for me. What's next then? Do I need to get out of the boat again? Do I need to get out of the boat in the first place? Do I need to even get on the boat? And my prayer for those that are here is my prayer, if you say you have a relationship with Christ and you're staying on the land, my prayer for you is that your next step, you will learn how to get on the boat and go be with him and follow him. If you're on the land and you're like, man, that was a really good meal. Thank you for somebody feeding me today. But you don't have a relationship with Christ yet. My prayer for you is that you will hear about this Jesus who loves you not just so much that he died on the cross for you, but he loves you so much to be there for you all the time. He wants to have that kind of special relationship with you no matter what happens in your life, that he'll be there for you and with you and love you and care for you and help you. My prayer for you is that you would today decide if the Spirit is leading you to start that relationship today. If you're on this boat doing whatever you're going to do, hug it, kiss it, whatever, but you're like, I'm not ready to get out yet, my prayer for you is that you'll learn how to trust God a little bit more with your life. And that at some point you'll have that faith to get out because it's worth it. Even though it doesn't feel worth it, even though you'll probably get wet, even though you'll probably struggle a little bit, it still is worth it because why? He's got so much more for you on this side of it. If you're willing to go there. And my prayer for those that have said, man, I've gotten out of the boat, it's tough. Some of you are like, I'm not getting out of the boat again, bro. Some of you are like, how do I get out? Some of you are like, I want to, I'm ready. My prayer for all those people is that you'll keep having the faith and trust that it's okay to get out of the boat. And that as you get out of the boat more and more, that your trust and faith will grow and grow where it will help you get to Jesus and see the full blessing and potential he has for your life. And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. When you witness the true reality of who Jesus is, it is hard not to worship him. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. That's why we read our Bibles. That's why we learn together. That's why we're in community together. All these different ways of worship. Why? Because our response, anytime we really come to know who he is, is to worship him. But we also worship him because we learn who he really is. And he is this amazing human being who loves us so much that he's with us all the time, no matter our circumstances. He wants us to grow. He wants to keep challenging us. He wants to keep helping us because he cares for you so much. He doesn't want to leave you there. 
And he wants to have a deep relationship with you. And because of that, our hope is on Sundays or when you gather in small groups or wherever else, you learn to worship him because of who he is, who he truly is. So here's my question. Why are you not getting out of the boat? Why are you not getting out of the boat? What's holding you back from whatever it is for you or stopping you from getting out of the boat? Why are you not getting out of the boat? Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We will never fully, on this side of heaven, get to fully comprehend how much you really love us, but yet we get a massive glimpse into how much you really love us. And God, I even thank you for answering the prayer earlier for energy and protecting from distraction, at least for myself. God, I do want to pray over the three groups today. God, for those that are on land, either not having a relationship with you yet or say they have a relationship with you just not decided to get on the boat yet, God, I pray for them. I pray that they would start a relationship with you even today. I would pray that they would have the courage to get on the boat and follow you completely. And God, for those that are on the boat, for whatever reason, staying on the boat, God, my prayer for them is that their faith and their trust in you would grow into the sense to help them get out of the boat so they could follow you even more. And God, for those that have gotten out of the boat, I pray for them that they would keep getting out of the boat and keep trying and keep growing and keep trusting and keep building their faith in you so they can experience what you fully have for them. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives and what you're going to do. Thank you for being there always. In your name.